Hi, my name is John, and this is Truth Tuesday. So I had an experience on Sunday at church, and I wanted to share it with you because I felt like it kind of taught me something. And maybe it didn't teach me something, but it reminded me of something that I knew in my heart, but reminded me of it. So anyway, what happened was we were in Sunday school with the kids, and sometimes we have a lot of kids, sometimes we have few. This Sunday, I think we had five or six, and that's okay. It was, it was a good time, and it gives me a good time to relate to those kids and connect with them and also teach them the Bible. So this Sunday, we started doing something different. For a while, we've been reading through the, a, a book that has Bible stories in it that illustrates it. Well, now what we're doing is we're going through those same stories. We're reading them again. But then instead of asking the kids questions about the stories, we are putting the pictures of the stories in order. And I tell the kids, if you get it wrong, that's okay. But we're going to do it again. We're not going to leave class until we get it right. And we're all going to work together. We're all going to make it happen. So the kids, they, they say, all right, well, we can do this. We've heard these stories before. We're going to make it happen. Well, there were a couple pictures that were a little tricky for them and they struggled a little bit. Well, a brother and a sister, I won't name who, but a brother and a sister had a disagreement and the one accidentally cheated. I know she didn't mean to, but I did have to give her the consequence and say, okay, we have to start over because you looked at the back of the paper where the number was on. Well, this immediately started a blame party. This immediately started the brother looking at the sister and saying, why, why, how could you do that? I can't believe you would do that. And the other kids were very gracious and and said, oh, it's okay. Mistakes happen. Accidents happen. But of course, the brother was much harder on the sister than everyone else was. And this caused the sister to to get pretty upset. She was not happy with herself. She was not happy with the situation. She wasn't happy about the way she was being treated. And so we took a moment and we talked about why did that happen? And what it really came down to for the kids was fear. They feared that they would not be able to put the pictures back in order. Now, Obviously, I'm not going to keep them there all morning. I'm not going to keep them there until they get it right. I would eventually help them and make it happen. But they were afraid that they weren't going to get things right. And so they started turning on each other. And so even though the one kids were kind of being gracious and saying, it's okay, it was an accident, it was a mistake, you could kind of read the body language. They weren't happy. And it led me to remember how fear can lead us to turn on each other. How when we fear something, it can make us be mean towards one another. It can make us be ungracious toward one another. Maybe we have the outward expression of it's okay, it's an accident, but maybe on the inside we play the blame game and we say, I can't believe you'd do that or I can't believe this would happen. And we start to get divided. And in our culture today, it it happens all the time. Right, not just with people who fear things happening to their family or things, but you know the political structure that we're in today causes massive amount of fear among people. The inflation that's going on causes massive amount of fear amongst people, and it can make us divided. It can make us turn against one another. But in Second Timothy, there's a verse, and you've probably heard it before, that I want to remind you of that I want to read today. 
2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is from the ESV. For God has given us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Did you know that fear not is the most commanded thing in the Bible? The thing we are commanded to not do the most, right? We think about the Bible and all the commands and how you're supposed to live morally and how it's restrictive. But the thing that it tells us to do, to not do the most, is fear not. And I think, I think that's poetic. In fact, 365 times it tells us, fear not. Every single day, fear not. And the Bible tells us, that's not what we're given. We are not given a spirit of fear. We don't need to be shy. We don't need to be timid. That's not what we're given. Because we have power and love and self-control. Let's look at each of those for a minute. Okay? Power. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen. God, the creator of the universe, loves you. He is for you. He is giving you strength. There is no one else that we should ever be more confident in than God. And that's what I tell the kids. When we talk about this verse and we talk about power and how we are being given power, I talk about the confidence, the confidence that God is there and he is giving us the power, right? If you walk into a room, you're not shy, you're not timid, you're confident because of who God has created you to be and not just who you have been created to be, but the backing that you have, right? If you have somebody behind you urging you on, pushing you forward, that is giving you confidence and saying, you can do it, go for the gold, and you don't have somebody behind you who's like, well, maybe, you have power. You have the confidence to keep moving forward. And a lot of times, that's what fear can do do to us. It can restrict us. Not only can it divide us amongst other people, but it can also restrict our relationships. It can restrict our good works. It can restrict our faith. It can restrict us in a lot of different ways. The second thing I want to look at, love. Okay. First John chapter four, verse 18. A lot of you might know this verse, but, but it's so true. And from the ESV, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. You see, love makes room for progression and not perfection. While yes, our goal should be to be perfect, right? That's what we want to accomplish. We want to be perfectly like Christ. Love makes room for progression and not perfection because it recognizes that we are constantly moving forward toward perfection, that that is our end goal and we are trying to get there. You're not going to wake up the next day and automatically be perfect at cleaning your house. You're not going to wake up the next day and automatically be perfect at your job. You are. It's just not going to happen. It's slow progression throughout life and that's the love that God has for you. That he is making room for your progression and not expecting perfection at every turn 
of your life because he loves you. He has grace for you. He has forgiven you and he makes a way for you. And you might be saying, well, John, what about the punishment or the discipline that that God gives? Right? The Bible tells us that, that he does punish and he does give discipline, but the punishment and the discipline that God allows Okay, sometimes we like to say the punishment or discipline that God gives. I like to say the punishment or the discipline that God allows to happen. He allows for it to happen for progression. It's not to make you feel terrible that you're not perfect. It's to help you realize how you can progress and how you can learn from things. That's what the Proverbs talk about all the time, is that in our failure, in our accidents, our mistakes, and our sin, whatever it might be, we are to learn and grow. And from those consequences, we learn and grow and progress, get better. The final part of the verse, self-control. In John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid self-control don't allow yourself to be feared or to fear just don't allow yourself to fear right and a lot of it is about how we see ourselves do we see ourselves as a prisoner of fear just just waiting and trying to trying to stay away as best we can? Or do we see ourselves as God's soldier against fear? Do we see ourselves with the backing of God pushing us forward saying, you don't have to fear. You can go forward. You can make it happen. You have my power. And a lot of the self-control is in that, that you would not allow yourself to be feared or to fear that you would constantly be working against fear, remembering the power that you have, remembering the love that God has for you, that you would be constantly working against fear, not succumbing to the terrible things that might happen and, and, and thinking and being anxious and being worried, but constantly working against fear. And that comes in a multitude of different ways. That comes from your mindset, that comes from your relationships, that comes from your habits, that comes in a multitude of ways, but consistently working against fear, not as somebody who's a prisoner of fear, but as a soldier against fear. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great Tuesday.